Hello and welcome into another end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm sports director Lindsey Goff with our digital anchor Jake Wallace. Jake, it is Friday once again. Yeah, and it's hard to believe considering it is only mid-September, but you look at tonight, we've got some teams starting region play tonight. We've got some teams playing their fifth game of the year, meaning they're halfway through the regular season. Some play in their second game of the year. (laughs) When the clock hits zero tonight. So we are, we're really in the thick of it when you begin to look at it. It is, we, it is no longer the, the start of the season. you got teams that are in mid-season form. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we look ahead to this week's games, I want to take a quick look back. Jake, our play of the week winner last week. Yeah, the Wade Hampton, it was, it was a heads-up play. And, yeah. and I said this on Monday, you know, a lot of the times our plays are all about speed or strength or whatever. This one... Touchdowns. Ha- yeah, it had a lot of that, but it was also heads-up play from Wade Hampton senior Jamie and Risher. They were leading by one over May River on the road at the tank. Uh, you can see in the play May River is aiming to let him score, it, it appears. There's not a whole lot of effort to tackle him at the front line. Risher takes off 60 yards and then falls down inbounds inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line. And Wade Hampton kneels out the clock. Uh, to win had he kept going score which is you know that's the idea for everybody get mm-hmm. on tv you know make the big <laughs> you know celebration you just put your team up they only go up 28 20 and you got to give the football back to may river with a chance to tie so super heads up play by jamie and risher super heads up play by wade hampton they get the big win 21 20 and uh Picked up more than 50,000 votes in our play of the week poll. And I think it was good to see that people recognize just how smart of a play that was yeah. and uh, reward it accurately. Yeah, shout out to our photojournalist Dante for capturing that one. And we had some Thursday night football here in the 912 as well last night. Uh, Benedictine at home in Memorial topped Wayne County 51 to 7. Justin Thomas had three touchdowns and an interception all in the first half. Yeah, and and this Benedictine team, after a tough first two weeks of the year, now starting, they've flexed their muscles the last two weeks with with big wins, big offensive outputs as well. They're two and two now. Yeah, and and they get Ware County coming to Memorial Stadium next week, get an extra day to prepare for one of the top teams in the state in the Gators. Uh, It was an excellent game last year down in Waycross. Mm -hmm. Expect the same kind of game. Uh, next week at Memorial Stadium. So that one should be a lot of fun. And, you know, Benedictine is is in the form we thought they'd be here now. We'll see what happens next week when a really, really talented um, Ware County team comes to Savannah. Going to be a battle of two highly recruited quarterbacks in the 9-1-2. And then the other game happening last night down in Brunswick, uh, the Pirates topped Islands 41-6. They're now 4-0 in the year. It's starting to get to the point where maybe we need to wonder if Brunswick is the best team among the best teams yeah. in, in Southeast Georgia. I don't think there's any doubt they're among the best teams in Southeast Georgia, but it's it's now a question of just how good is this Brunswick team. They've really, you know, they, they put it on New Hampstead pretty good last week. They were up 21 nothing four minutes into that game yeah. last week, caught some breaks and took advantage of them, and then... Last night just ran through Islands. It was, you know, thirty five to six at halftime. So Islands now two and two on the year. Yeah, and, and Brunswick, they you know what they're gonna do. They've got some big boys up front and they can run the football and they've done it really effectively 
this year. And you start looking, you know, they got a big one next week, Friday night, the city yeah, championship against one. Glenn Academy between the bricks. You know, um, the Red Terrors are going to be ready for that one. Brunswick, mm-hmm. you know, broke their hearts a year ago to steal the trophy back. So, you know, the Terrors are going to be fired up for that one. That should be an absolute blast between the bricks. But I think it's it's time for maybe folks around the state to kind of start recognizing just how good this Brunswick team may be uh, down south. Yeah, I think they've got a little chip on their shoulder because they don't feel like they've got the recognition they deserve. And we've got some more football obviously happening tonight, Friday Night Lights. Uh, our game of the week is Beach and Windsor Forest in Memorial Stadium. And these two are interesting because they've both dealt with pretty lengthy COVID pauses. Um, Windsor Forest opened the season with a loss to New Hampstead. Then they went on to beat Islands, but they haven't played since August 26th. And Beach played on Saturday, a a shutout loss at West Lawrence, but that was their first game of the year. Um, Their first few games were canceled due to COVID, so they're both kind of in an interesting predicament in that they haven't had a full schedule yet like a lot of these teams that we're seeing have. Yeah, and and we mentioned earlier, like, you know, we got some teams that are in midseason form. Both of these teams are kind of just cranking back up to be ready to go. I mean, you mentioned it's been a a couple weeks since Windsor Forest took the field and now Beach playing their second game in six days after playing on Saturday Mm -hmm. evening last week. So you're going to see two teams kind of probably have to grind it out tonight. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be some rust for both of these programs as they try to kind of play catch-up. And it's, it's a big game um, in the region as, as both of these teams need to get off to a good start. And we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Windsor Force is better than they've shown at times yeah. this season. But, again, they've been dealing with – what everybody else has been dealing with across the state, which is kind of an unknown until you kick off at yeah. some points. And we'll see how that long layoff maybe affects Jeb Stewart's team. Yeah, Windsor Forest, they opened with that 41-12 to loss to New Hampstead. And Stewart kind of told me at practice this week that they're a young team and they were kind of trying to figure themselves out in that first game. And then I think you saw them kind of figure it out against Islands the following week. They won 20-9. to Um, but then they had to shut down their program. They had to go through the acclimation period again. They had to redo all of that. Uh, So I visited both practices this week, both Beach and Windsor Forest, and here's what their coaches had to say about this matchup. We're we're excited about getting back to it. Uh, You know, after the Islands game, we probably needed about a week off to get some guys that were banged up, healed up, but uh, right now we're just ready to play a game. How has it been keeping them focused when you don't really know, like, when – They'll get to pick back up because of COVID pauses and stuff like that. It's tough. I mean, you know, it's very uh, emotionally tolling on kids. Uh, you know, when you don't know if you're going to play or not. Uh, you know, at any moment you get the call. You know, we're we're quarantined, uh, so it's you know it's just ebb and flows of it. What can we expect from this beach matchup? Do you think? Obviously, they've only played once, but. Uh, they're they're pretty athletic. Uh, I think Coach does a good job over there, and he's going to have that uh, program going in the right direction. Uh, right now, it's, it's more about us making sure we're fixed. What did you learn about your team in those two games that you guys were able to get under your belt? Uh, first game, we really realized how young and inexperienced we were. And uh, the second week against the Islands, we really figured out like what we had to do to get better. Uh, you know, and I think we're going to progress throughout the season, getting better each week. 
How have you seen them improve since that game against Island? Yeah, we've doing some things a little more consistent. Uh, you know, anytime you got inexperienced, uh, you know, it, it's just reps. And right now we really need to get into a game, get game-type reps. Anything else you want to add or want to say? Uh, we're just excited about playing this week. What, what's it kind of been like from a coaching perspective when you guys had a COVID pause before you even really got the season started and just kind of keeping these guys, like, motivated and ready to go? Well, you know, one thing as a, as a coach, you always want to make sure they understand they don't see you panicking or, or doing things out of character. So, you know, what we do is we just try to keep it simple, uh, make sure they stay focused on their academics and make sure they stay upbeat about the, the season that we're going to have. Obviously, last week didn't go how you would want it to, but what did you learn about this team on that in that road environment? Well, I, I think our guys did a good job keeping their composure. Um, we started off. Um, they started off kind of fast, and then we hold, we held our own, and um, our defense didn't give up any points until the, the fourth quarter. So, you know, I think we are mentally we getting there. You know, our thing is to maintain our level of play and make sure we go out there and do our assignments and play fast. What do you think we can expect from this matchup with Windsor Forest? I know they've got two games under their belt. You guys have one. I'm sure you've seen some tape on them. What, what's kind of your outlook? I think we, you're going to get two teams that are really going to compete in this region. You know, I think they're going to have a great sound defense and offensively they keep it simple and they do what they do well. You know, I think it's to go out there and read our keys, react fast, and go out there and make plays. You guys are pretty healthy, I guess, at this point, not missing too many guys? No, we, we good. I mean, we're not going to make no excuses. We're going to go out there and put guys in there to make plays, and we hopefully that the guys that's on the sideline, they watch when they get the opportunity to go out there and make plays as well. Savannah Christian, Jake, is Finally at home, they're in Pooler uh, tonight against Deerfield Windsor. And Savannah Christian hasn't had a home game yet. Yeah, and this is a team that we knew was going to be young coming into the season. Lost a lot of talent, did Baker Woodward and the Raiders. But um, looking forward to see kind of how they look. You know, they, they played John Millage last week, which I know everybody's going to look and say, well, it's a GISA team. That's the best GISA team in the state yeah. by far. I mean, there's no doubt about it. John yeah. Millage would be winning a lot of games at the GHSA level if they did. And so Savannah Christian's going to be happy to get home. You know they're going to be happy to fire the cannons off finally for the first time this year. Take it on a Deerfield team back from my old stomping grounds in Albany that has kind of just made the crossover to Georgia High School Association from mm -hmm. GISA. Both teams could really use a win. Savannah Christian 1-2, and two, Deerfield 1-3. and three. I'm excited to see how the Raiders look. I'm excited to see how they bounce back. The Deerfield team's given up a lot of points uh, so far this year, and so it'll be interesting to see what, what Baker Woodward and the Raiders draw up as they try to maybe kind of get going uh, before region play a little later down the line. Yeah, I saw this stat from our friends over at Prep Sports Report. Um, you mentioned that Deerfield has allowed a lot of points. Savannah Christian has scored 75 points on the road in their first three games, but they've allowed 74. So it's, it's not ideal. Um, something's going to have to give tonight. So, Jake, you'll be at that one over in Pooler. Um, another one we're going to have for you guys tonight, Southeast Bullock at Grovetown, our friends in Augusta. Um, helping us out with that one, and SEB's 3-0. Yeah, and this is a game that they should go win. This is a Southeast – I hate to say it like that. This is a Southeast Bullock team that's really been impressive yeah. this year. Only allowed seven points, and 
I, I apologize right now to the SEB coaching staff for what I'm about to say, but oh no, if if they win this game, you look at the rest of their schedule, and it's certainly ten and zero is not out of the realm of possibility for Southeast Bullock if they can win tonight. They they do have Liberty County on the road to open the month of October, and then they do have Windsor Forest Halloween weekend, but that's probably their toughest game left is Windsor Forest, and it's at home. And so this team has got a lot of talent. I mean, Tyler Griffin is a is a stellar football player. He's got he's big, he's fast, and he can play, and he's surrounded by a lot of talent. I'm not I'm not saying SEB's going undefeated, put it, lock it, you know, all, <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. Locker room material. But what I am saying is that this is a team that has a schedule that works out well for them. Favorable, yeah. Correctly. Correct. Moving forward, they're going on the road tonight to a Grovetown team that's one and two, has not been terrific offensively. Got their first win last week. If they can win tonight, and there's a lot of football left to play. Once again, I please don't take this as anything you know, can happen. Do guys. not put it on the ticker. Jake Wallace is saying Southeast Bullocks going ten and zero, but the schedule certainly lines up for the Yellow Jackets to. Um, do some stuff that ha- isn't done a whole lot in those parts very often. Yeah, they're not the only team that's off to a really hot start. Applin County off to a 4-0 start as well. They're uh, facing Bradwell tonight. Yeah, and, and we knew that this Applin County team was going to be good um, coming off a nine-win season a year ago and making the state quarterfinals for the first time in, in 10 years. Um, we, we just knew that there was going to be some, some different things. Jordan Mullis taking over for um, longtime head coach um, Rick Tomberlin, who retired at the end of the season. This team has been really good, and I think last week's win at Tiff County, a 7A program in Region 1 7A that is kind of revered all over the country as being one of the toughest regions in all of high school football, Appling County went down and beat them by 17. Yeah, 24 on, to 7. On the road and, and shut them out in the second half, if I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, scored 17 points, outscored them 17 nothing in the second yeah. half. Tiff County is not the, the powerhouse in football that some of those other programs in that region are, but that's still a 7A program with 7A depth yeah. and 7A size and 7A it's speed. A win. And Appling beat them by three scores. Listen, they've only allowed a touchdown each game. They beat Monroe 42 to 6, Clinch County 33 to 6, South Effingham 41 to 10, Tiff County 24-7. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, and they've got athletes. They lost a lot. I spoke with with head coach Jordan Mullis for coach speak coming up um on the end zone pregame later today as we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Um but I tell you that that matchup at the end of the regular season in Blackshear against Pierce County um, you imagine it's going to be for the region title. That was, that's the prediction at the beginning of the year that it was going to be for the region title. It was a year ago, and every week that goes by, that game looks like it's going to be more and more fun. This Appling County team is really good. I, I hope people around the state recognize just how good the Pirates are in Baxley. Another really talented team we've got in our area I want to touch on. Calvary Day, they're on the road at First Presbyterian Day, but Cavaliers 4-0. Yeah, and Mark Stroud's got a lot of talent. We've talked about them a number of times. You know, they they pick up the big win at uh, against Prince Avenue Christian 
at the beginning of the year uh, to open the season, got that win at home. I've already seen people starting to talk about how how Prince Avenue Christian is now you know rounding back into form as a, as a state champion, as a state title contender. Um, but this Calvary team's looked good, and they, it's so impressive to see what they've done and how they've done it. They go on the road at North Cobb Christian last week, shut them out, twenty eight nothing. Going on the road today to Macon to take on First Presbyterian, but. Uh, this Calvary team, I think, is for real. I think, you know, when you look at the rest of the that class, Class 1A private, there's some schools up in North Atlanta that are still your state title favorites. Um, but I think it would be silly to not start considering Calvary mm-hmm. among one of the state title contenders in, in Class 1A private. I agree. We've got a full slate of games. That's just a little sampling coming up tonight on the end zone beginning at 11.15. And then we do have a Saturday game also that I wanted to mention. Uh, Hilton Head traveling to Island Stadium to face Jenkins. Um, Both of those teams on the hunt for their second win of the season. So that's a Saturday matchup that we've got. Uh, Jake, it should be a good Friday night. Absolutely. I think there's, you know, you look at this slate and it maybe is not as, you know, premier as it was a week ago. But there's some really interesting games on here. Richmond Hill on the road at Northside. Warner Robins, I think that'll be a good game. Vidalia going to Richmond Academy looking for their first win. I think Bluffton, Wade, Hampton, and and Beaufort's on the road at Oceanside Collegiate. At the Citadel, that'll be cool. In South Carolina, those are two games to watch. And so there's some games in there that I'm I'm really excited to see what happens and, and what the results are, and we'll have them all for you tonight on the end zone. All right, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you out there this Friday night, and we'll be back next week.